0: Today, on a very special episode of Coronation Podcast, I explain where the hell I've been for the past three months or so. Four months, actually. And we go into a little bit about corona, but not too much, because, you know, we have better things to do. And wait, I have a life outside of business? Shock horror! Explain myself. Explain myself, I will. All this and more on today's episode of Coronation Podcast. Why, hello there, and uh, welcome back to this podcast after a couple of months or so. I think this has been about two and a half months since our last released an episode. You might be wondering to yourself, Jen, weren't you going to be consistent? Weren't you saying how much you enjoy doing podcasting and rah, rah, rah? Yes, I was enjoying the podcasting. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, there were a number of things that came in the way, which I feel like I owe an explanation, even though... I maybe have a couple of listeners here. I feel like an owe some kind of explanation. So there's been a few reasons why I haven't kept up this podcast. One, current events, largely coronavirus, just took everything over in my life and it became really hard to focus and to get anything done or be productive. That's been a constant struggle throughout this whole white pandemic. Um... Partly due to my own mental health issues, but also just because, you know, we're all going through a collective trauma. This whole, you know, having to be in lockdown, being taken away from your loved ones and all the rest of it, if you're in that position, which I am, um, I haven't seen my family since Christmas time. This is the longest I've gone without seeing them, and it's actually really, really difficult. So you know, it's one of those things where it's been really trying and some people have been able to be so productive. It's as if nothing is wrong. And other people like myself have actually had a really hard time doing that. So, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's been difficult to feel productive. I also felt like there wasn't much I could say, particularly at the beginning that no one else was already saying, um, you know, I felt like a bit of a broken record. And I just felt like I needed to give this a rest for a bit, come back when I felt like I had something to say, and then take it from there. And related to that, I guess, I felt very overwhelmed. And I had to really look at what I was going to do, and how I was going to go about things whilst this is going on. And the decision was made for myself personally to just withdraw from the podcast for a bit, come back when, you know, either when the pandemic was over or when I had an idea of what I wanted to do again and take it from there. I I think that's been the best way to go about things. Um, and I definitely feel better now. Um, I feel more calmer, which is a huge improvement for me personally. And I just feel like I can get on with things a bit more now, which is which is fun. Even when I'm in agonizing pain, <laughs> oh, disabilities are fun. So yeah, um, I decided to come back. So I'm very sorry. I just sort of left the podcast and abandoned it rather wantonly, and um, I do apologise. I have been if you if you do follow me on like Facebook and Instagram, then you know I've been quite busy. Otherwise, like. Um, I've been sort of promoting more stuff. I've got a Father's Day sale coming up, which I'll get to in a minute. And of course, I had Farm very recently. So it's not like I haven't done anything. It's just the podcast was the least important thing for me to maintain for a bit. But now it's back. Ha ha ha. So yeah, there's been a lot going on. And I I, I think I'm going to go into what I've been up to, because I think that's a good way to start. So what have I been up to? Well, first things first, is that I've been able to maintain business relatively normally. Uh, Yes, events have been cancelled, and I want to go into how that's affected me in a bit. I will put a pin in that. But honestly, I've been able to get on with all the things that I would normally get on with, bar events, pretty much as is. Um... The only real difference is that I don't go to the post office as soon as I get an order um, that is not a commission. I have limited my visits to the post office to maybe twice a week at most, just purely out of safety. Now, bearing in mind, my post office is down the road, a minute down the road, if I stumble. Like, it's really not very far from me at all. And it's pretty safe for me to go. Um I'm not highly vulnerable, but I am vulnerable, so you know I've been taking extra precautions and everything. but ultimately, yeah, uh, I've uh, uh, that aside, which has made sort of a couple of really minor delays to me posting things out, other than that, everything on the home front has been relatively normal. Um, getting certain supplies again has been depends on what i'm going for soap because i generally get it from amazon because it used to be cheaper than hobbycraft um i have been able to get soap perfectly fine when i did try to go to hobbycraft when amazon raised their prices i couldn't go through hobbycraft or any other supplier because guess what's run out soap so i kind of had to go with amazon which sucks but you know never mind um Everything else, for the most part, the only thing I haven't been able to get a hand on recently are filters for my respirator mask that I've got. Uh, this mask um, I filter is a filter mask, and I use it for when I'm doing resin. Some of you may have seen photos of me on social media using it, going, always be safe when you're handling resin. Uh, I'm a big thing about safety because resin is dangerous, so... Yeah, honestly, that's the only thing I still haven't been able to get a hand on. But I imagine there's a problem with the supply chain. And frankly, those filters need to go to the places where it's needed more than, say, my resin casting, like, you know, hospitals. So I'm actually, and also uh, my filters are still pretty good for the time being. I just don't have any spare. So I just have to tolerate it and deal with it as is. But that's fine. I think... Some things have been normal, but the things that have been abnormal have been noticeable for me personally, if not necessarily to you folks. Like I said, going to the post office only twice a week as opposed to as soon as I got an order has been a bit of a thing for me. Um, You know, not being able to go to events. So that's been a big thing. One of the things you know, you know, you guys, I, I love going to is craft fairs. I love craft fairs. They're some of the best things I think I've ever gone to. They're great for meeting people. They're great for meeting you lot. Um, they're good to sell at. Um, you know, they can be a lot of fun, especially if you get hanging out with people. Like sometimes I've had, you know, I've been able to break even or, you know, make a little bit of money, not much, but I've had a great time because I've met people and hung out and we've had a bit of a, a bit of fun and it's, you know, professional fun and it's nice. Um So not being able to have that going since February, February was the last time I went to an event, end of February. And that's been really, really hard because I absolutely adore going to craft fairs. I adore every aspect of it, apart from the packing and unpacking and generally moving heavy things. It's the only thing I don't like, but then I don't think anyone does. Um, now, that's been difficult, and I can't also deny the fact that the income that I've lost because of that has been difficult to navigate. Now, I'm still fine on that front, but it's no one likes to lose out on money. The other thing was, I was due to start at Comic-Cons. I was due to be at COS Expo and Brighton Comic-Con in March and April, respectively. Sorry, other way around. COS Expo was in April. Brighton was in March and they both very, very rightly postponed their events, which I understand they're doing the absolute right thing. And I support both sets of organizers 110% on that. But at the same time, it's very difficult to, you know, think about all that money that you could have made and all the people you could have met and all the, you know, all the experiences you would have had. That's not, yeah, that's a very valid thing to feel, but at the same time, what's, very much important is the safety of everybody else yeah and of yourself and generally not spreading this really awful disease any more than it's already been spread so there's that and as far as I know at the moment um my next event isn't going to be until September but I have a sneaking suspicion that's going to get postponed or cancelled as well and that would be Brighton Comic Con in the middle of September. It might be by that point they can put things into place where, um, you know, because it's a relatively small event, it might well be that they can put things in place, they can um, make it as safe as possible for everyone involved um, and put rules in place. I know that they, I'll give credit to, this is run by um, UK Comic and Gaming Festival Company, and they were putting they put out so much information about guidelines safety ppe all the rest of it so it might be they be they're able to work it out it might be that they can't it just very much depends it's the, I, I we can't predict much um other than that if that gets cancelled then it's probably not going to be until the end of october for halloween um which would be when brighton craft fair hopefully is able to open their doors again so yeah it's um <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one because i want to say oh come to this you can see me then but i honestly don't know if you will because i don't know if it's even going to run so it's a little bit strange <sighs> but on the other hand um again i'm very much a proponent of safety um this is not something you know coronavirus is not something we should take lightly And I feel that, you know, these events are doing the absolute right thing. If if I haven't said it already, then I'm going to say it again. They did the right thing. Safety is important. It's so much better to be able to just wait, maybe lose a bit of money and wait for it to be safe as opposed to put on an unsafe, potentially illegal event and get loads of people really, really sick. What else have I been up to? Oh, yeah. Craft (laughs) upon. So Craftophon, um that was great. So I did that at the end of May. So that would have been two weeks ago or so now. Just under two weeks ago. And that was with Pixies Props and Death Day Designs again. And we raised money for duh, 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 Brighton and Sussex University Hospitals Charity, which is the charity associated with our local hospital. They've been setting up a fund to help battle coronavirus. So, yeah, we did that, and that was a lot of fun. One of the things that made it more fun was the fact that we had moderators this time, so they would check the chats for us whilst we focused on making things, and they would keep us chatting, and the mods rotated. So there was a couple, one point we had two of them on at the same time, and there would be moments where they would pass off, and there'd be two of them there for a couple of minutes whilst one leaves and the other one starts up. Um, and it made it more interesting. It It felt like... You know, the different people that came in gave us more of a conversation and they actually, for the most part, actually joined in and were making things themselves. Um, one was making, at one point, like D&D parchment stuff. Um, someone else was doing graphic design. It was all really interesting and that in itself was fascinating. So, but it also meant that we weren't having to check the chats all the time. It meant that we could focus on what we were doing. Which was really beneficial. Um, I have to absolutely give props to Pixie and Destay and our mods for being absolute stand-up people during that night. It was a really good time. I think it was probably our best one yet. And we've managed to raise 130 pounds for our charity, which is pretty decent. So you know, it's um, it's great. Um, I am currently planning the next one. The next one's going to be end of august so there's another couple of months or so to go until the next one i deliberately left it more than two months this time um because i needed a break (laughs) end of july seemed like a bit of a tall order um so it's going to be the end of august and that's about all i'm going to say about this one but there's going to be a lot of interesting new bits so you're gonna have to stay tuned and um keep on listening to find out more (laughs) ha 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 but yes, Craftofarm um, is one of those challenges that I'm really, really proud of. It's one of those projects I'm really proud of um, because it's a challenge that pretty much everyone can join in on on some level. Um, it's pretty accessible um, to pretty much everyone. So you could all do something and it, you don't have to do it for the whole 12 hours. Um, some people might want to turn up for a couple of hours. Some people want to do it for a slightly longer than that, but not for 12 hours you know totally valid if you ever want to do your own craft a and you want to have some help or you want to get some assistance then please get in touch um you can get in touch on the coronation soap facebook coronation soap on instagram coronation soap on twitter or even better you can go to the 12 hour charity craft a dedicated facebook page instagram and twitter we're everywhere now <laughs> If you want to speak to me direct, my email is coronationsoap at outlook.com. Next up. Well, what is next? You're going to find out in just a moment. This may seem like a bit of a hard turn for you folks, but I want to talk about something creative that I do outside of the business that I feel like I want to talk about. So, I'm a writer. I know I've referenced this very tangentially. I think maybe a couple of the times IRL. Um, it's more something people know in my personal life as opposed to my public life, which I have no public life. But you get the you get what I mean. Um, I'm a writer so I started writing since the tender age of eight when a (laughs) a year three and I remember this really well I did as it was the first time that we got to write really properly write a story and I got a lot of quite positive reinforcement from a teacher at the time Mrs Begbie uh I kind of miss her actually (laughs) now that I talk about this but she gave me some really good feedback and she was very encouraging and positive about this assignment, which in a way that I don't think teachers had been that positive at that point. Um, or at least to my living memory. So this really cemented in my head being, "Hmm, maybe I should be a writer. <laughs> and I think apart part of me has always wanted to be a writer and I've always wanted to be a paid writer. That's never panned out, which let's face it is hardly surprising. <laughs> um, but I've always written and for the longest time it was mostly just fiction stuff, like all sorts of weird ideas and nothing really panned out. And I would try some stories. I would try multiple times. I would try and rewrite them and then rewrite them and come back to them after a few years, then rewrite them, then come back to them after a few years again, then rewrite them. Um, you know, cause new ideas would come up and then throughout most of my twenties, I didn't really write any fiction whatsoever. Um, I I think it had a lot to do with what was going on in my life. Um, I'd gone through... All right, I'm just going to come out with it. Growing up, and for the first 21 odd years or so of my life, I grew up with a lot of trauma. And I think the writing was partly a bit of a coping mechanism, but also I could exert control over this fictional world I created. I mean, no one could tell me that thing's wrong, and that thing's wrong, and that thing's wrong. I can tell me what's wrong. <laughs> um, And yeah, I had to deal with a lot of rebuilding and healing in my 20s. And I'm still on that journey, even as I sit here at the tender age of 30. um, Yeah, so it's, it's been a bit of a journey. And and then, when I started doing non fiction review work and uh, op eds and stuff, that's when I sort of really got away from the fiction work because it would take all my energy to do this non fiction stuff, as it were, that, you know, I-, I wouldn't really have the energy or the time. And especially as I was working for most of my 20s, I had a lot going on. I was periodically going to therapy, um, you know, I was working quite tough jobs, you know, working largely in medical admin, particularly as a medical receptionist, which is not an easy job. Um, So yeah, it's been incredibly, you know, difficult to get back into writing fiction. Um, And then I just stopped writing altogether, maybe a year or so ago, I just was in a funk, and I just couldn't write. And I ended up Um, stopping writing the nonfiction stuff altogether because I just couldn't write. I needed to get my life back into order because things had sort of fallen apart in my personal life. And because I'd started up the business as well, I started Coronation Soap at the end of 2018. So I thought to myself, you know, I need to work on myself and focus on business for a while first. And then when I've got a bit more time on my hands, when I can just sit and focus... Then I'm going to figure out what kind of writing I'm going to do, how I'm going to approach it. You know, look. As much as I would have loved to have been a famous writer by now, it hasn't happened. You know, it's not too late. Let's just let's just focus on getting me better. I am better now. Most of that has actually happened in the last couple of months <laughs> um, because I've been given some really cool things called drugs. <laughs> okay i should specify i've been given um you know prescription drugs not cannabis or heroin or whatever the hell street drugs are called these days nothing like that um (laughs) i just felt like i should clarify that i obtained um prescription drugs from through a psychiatrist who does supervise so you know all above board anyway away from that little diatribe um I started feeling a lot better and then this pandemic happened. (laughs) Oh, this pandemic. So this happened and it meant all of the events dried up, which meant I couldn't really go out and network and get my stuff out there. I've had to rely on doing things online a lot of the time and really promote as shamelessly as possible. My friends and my family can testify to how shameless my my, um, personal Facebook has become. And yeah, that was pretty much all I had to do. And that was, you know, that was taking up a lot of my time, but not as much as I thought. I suddenly had a lot more time on my hands because I was getting things done really quickly still. So I thought, well, maybe I could get some fiction work done again. But it's not that easy. You can't just decide, well, I'm going to do some fiction work now. It's going to come right into my head. Now, for the longest time, a particular story has been dancing around my head for years, but I haven't worked out how to write it. I would work out universe building bits and I would work out, you know, the basic plot. I knew what the plot was, I knew who the characters were, roughly speaking, for the longest time, but I just could not write. I don't know what it was, It was just a block and I couldn't work out and it was driving me mad. Couldn't think of a title. I couldn't work out where to start, how to write the thing, whether it's going to be a novel or whether it's going to be a film script. Ah, it was a nightmare. It was horrible. Whether it's going to be a trilogy. I mean, and that was been plaguing me since probably 2016. And it's now 2020. And it just, it was the beginning of this year and I just, I started feeling really annoyed because I just thought, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. This was March. And I thought, okay, great. We're in this pandemic. We're in lockdown. This is starting to get annoying. What am I going to do? Because I can't fill the time. And then I just stopped thinking about it for a bit and just thought, well, I'll take everything day by day. And then all of a sudden, a beginning emerged. All of a sudden, I realized, I don't need to make this more complicated than it already is. I can just write the one script. And I'll do a script because that's what I know. I know how to write film scripts. I've done it millions... Well, not millions. I've done it plenty enough. That's what I'm comfortable with, the medium of film. Whether it will ever get made or not is a different question. And I'll get onto that in, in a bit. But I thought... I thought to myself... Wouldn't it be nice to just work out, oh, hang on, there's the beginning. It's going to start with this. And then I'll transition to this point. And this is what this person's going to say at this point. And it was almost like the characters just came springing up to life, like almost like someone had lit a fuse and the idea started coming in. And it wasn't like I sat there for hours like Joe March in Little Women and wrote an entire novel and just didn't do anything else, and all of a sudden I had a masterpiece. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't say that at all. Um, What it was is that I would work on it on points where I felt like I could work on it, and then I would stop as soon as it got too tiring, or I started struggling, then I would stop. And then I would think about it, go back to it, and then do the same thing. Because it meant, I would, and it also meant, when I was doing that and I was reading back, I was kind of editing as I went. So... I started doing that. I started going and going and going. And it became a bit of a process. And it was quite interesting for my partner because he'd never witnessed me write like that before. Um, so it was an interesting process to I imagine witness because all of a sudden I would get really into it. You would just hear the tapping of like and I would just be there going, Oh yeah, yeah, cool. And then all of a sudden it'd be like three or four hours later. I'd be like, Oh, hi there, Alex. (laughs) How are you? And then, yeah, so it was very, very interesting. And um, honestly, like, it's been a really good thing to get back into because I feel like I've been far more creative now that my fiction brain has woken up. And, you know, it's been really nice for me. It's been really nice to just get my head back into the game. And I actually completed the first draft about four, five weeks ago now. Now I've got a few people reading it over at the moment and they're going to give me notes. In fact, one of them's really given me their notes and I've really made quite an adjustment in accordance with that for the second draft because I happen to agree with the note. Um, but yeah, I'm really pleased with the fact that my brain seems to... It feels like my brain is finally working. It's like it's finally woken up a bit and it's like, oh, let's do the stuff. And... Um, Yeah, so I'm going to tell you what this thing is about because I feel like that's important. It's basically, and this will come to almost no surprise to people that know me, it's a romance story, or more specifically, three romance stories relating to three friends in the middle of Comic-Con. It's basically a bit like if Four Weddings and a Funeral, the movie, not the TV series, if that film happened in Comic-Con now and there was far more queer people, like I, I swear to God, there are only two straight characters with names. No, th- two, two. There are only two characters that are straight in the entire movie that are named. It's um, it's honestly quite fun for me personally because I'm LGBT. I wanted to use it to um also try and curb a few cliches and tropes about LGBT folk. But I also just, I mean, one of the characters, one of the supporting characters is based off me. And I have no shame in admitting that because it's true. The character who is disabled uses a wheelchair sometimes, sometimes uses a walking stick to get around, depending on what's going on. Um, And yeah, it's basically me in character form, (laughs) except I don't think we've explicitly mentioned that she might be on the autistic spectrum. She might not. That's not something that's been made explicit um other than that she's pretty much me oh and she is also a much better sewer than i am (laughs) um that's a more idealized dream version of me because i wish i could sew better than i i mean i've been i've had people try and teach me and they've done actually a pretty good job i will give them that but i'm just i personally just think i'm a basic sewer at best i'm not so fantastic at the fancy shit and that's not necessarily a bad thing (laughs) that's fine um, there are some characters that are based on people I know. So like, there's a couple character that's based on two of my friends, um, who live out in Sweden. Um, and they are like this really stable, but like not ultra perfect because there's no such thing as a perfect couple, but like, they're really stable and they're quite, a, they observe a lot and they also make some really great biting comments, which <laughs> are quite funny when you get into it. At least I hope they are anyway. I really, really hope I can actually write something kind of funny. But yeah, and there's a lot of things that are based on stuff that I've experienced, but also stuff that I've watched. Um, things that I have seen that I know to be true, um, but I have changed events or changed enough things so that you can't go, oh, so if someone knows the situation, they can't go, oh, that's based on that. Um, so yeah it's been really nice to get creative on something that's totally unrelated to soap. And it's been really nice to, because also it's, it's actually improved my own perspective on my business and it's helped me think more outside the box and it's helped me go, Oh yeah, I can, I can do this thing too. And it's just made me a bit happier to get into it. So, um, I think the moral of the story, if there is a moral to take away from this, it's, um, it's, there's nothing wrong if you're particularly if you run a small business, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having secondary creative hobbies. In fact, if anything, I highly encourage it. As long as it doesn't directly interfere with your business, then in that case, we might have to have a little sit down a little bit of a chat. But yeah, honestly, I think that it's a really good thing to have secondary creative hobbies because they could really help you expand your mind in the world of business. So I want to dedicate this segment to small business and why you need to shop from them. (laughs) And this seems like a broken record because I go on about this quite a lot. I go on about why shopping with small businesses is such a good thing, why it's great for the economy, why you should over big corporate companies. And, you know, I think it's easy to assume that I'm only doing this because I want people to buy from me. Well, I do want people to buy from me. Well, obviously I do. I mean, I run a business. Anyone running a business wants people to buy from them. But when I say I want people to buy from small businesses, because I mean it, I've always been, I've always found that I can get much nicer things and much, things that I tend to cherish more and things that when I'm buying them as presents, people tend to keep hold of are ones where I get them from all sorts of places, from various different craft fairs or you know, or markets or something that I've randomly gone to, picked it up and went, oh, this will do for so-and-so's birthday present. Oh, this is great around Christmas. Right, okay, well, I'm buying this because this person really would like this thing. It's important to, um, you know, to help small businesses thrive. It's important to be able to allow them to, to grow because, you know, I know that some people feel like maybe we're a bit more expensive. And I think for the most point we are, unless we're completely underselling ourselves, we are, we are a little bit more expensive, but at the same time you're getting someone, something that someone spent, you know, a lot of time, some money to make so that you would buy it. When you buy from a big corporation or from a big company or a big shop, some you know a lot of the time it's mass produced stuff you know which doesn't have the love and attention of a human being some of the time not all the time there are you know let's not pretend like factory workers don't exist but it's not something that they made from scratch it's not something that they designed themselves do you, do you feel me so with this in mind what i want to do is i'm going to just go through some people that i feel you should check out and I'm going to go through a few different categories. And some of them are people I know. Uh, I'm just going to get that right off the, bench, right off the bat. Um, but I feel like you should check these people out. So when it comes to art, there are lots of different things that I can recommend. Now, one of the things I definitely recommend is bow bottle tops. Bow bottle tops make artwork and bespoke jewelry using recycled bottle caps and resin. If you're into recycling, you should really like this. They do have their own website, and you can check them out on Instagram and Facebook. That's Beau Bottle tops Bow spelt B-E-A-U. That's B-E-A-U. And next up, um, in terms of artistry, um, a good friend of mine, Kai Moore at Austin, they're a non-binary digital artist. They draw some incredible stuff. You've got to follow them on Facebook and Instagram, because... Their stuff is incredible. It's really, really nicely drawn, really nicely detailed. And it's not too ostentatious. You know, I'm not a big fan of too many things going on at once. So for someone with sensory overload issues, this is perfect sort of art. Absolutely perfect. Those are are two artists I definitely want to recommend. Oh, and whilst we're talking about artists, you have to check out Drew Marland because Drew Marland is an illustrator. And she creates some really beautiful illustrated artwork. She has done artwork on various different, you can find them in various different things. You can buy them direct from her, but she's also done artwork for author and poet Deborah Harvey's work before now. Definitely worth a look. Of course, when we're talking about small businesses, this could be of various sizes. Speaking of which, there's audacious crafts, handmade gifts for special occasions. What's not to love about that? There's also Handmade in the Hellmouth, which I love. They do all sorts of pop culture themed bugs, T-shirts, coasters, mouse mats, all sorts of things. That's Handmade in the Hellmouth. There's Making Mistakes. My friend Tyler's Making Mistakes. (laughs) That sounds like, do you know what? If if he's listening to this, you probably think, hmm, there's a theme. (laughs) Making Mistakes. They do handmade resin items, and they also offer services in encasing bones and ashes in resin. Now, if you want to encase a beloved person, in, you know, ashes or bones in resin, then, well, why would you go anywhere other than making mistakes? Um, he's got a website. He's on Facebook and Instagram. And um, make that's Making Mistakes. Um, mistakes spelled M-X-T-A-K-E-S. That's Making M-X-T-A-K-E-S. Had to really think about that before saying that out loud, as that was difficult. There's also Miss um, uh, Marmite, M X M A R M I T E. They make pin cushions and dice bags with fabric, and they're so pretty. There's one um, I'm looking at in the minute, and it's got like gold sequin fabric, and it's just beautiful. If you're a d and D person, or you just have a lot of dye, then it's really worth getting one of these nice dice bags. There's also this creator I know. They're called Rosanna Louise. Rosanna Louise is hyphened. They're a creator of various items, including stickers and hand-crocheted items. And they've done all sorts of things from popular culture, including Pokemon and Star Wars. They are available on Etsy and on Facebook. There's also Sock Gems Creations. They're a creator of geek culture-inspired socks, ITA bags, and purses, and a lot more other things. That's Sock Gems. So it's sock and then gems, J-E-M-S, creations. There's also a new one coming up, which I'm really excited about personally because I'm cause I'm getting more into DD again. Sustainable Wargaming. Now, they make tabletop gaming accessories made from sustainable and eco-friendly materials, including plant sap resin which is a new kind of resin, but it's very interesting because, of course, it's derived from plants. So they're, they're, you can check them out on Facebook and Instagram. They are absolutely fantastic. Now, if you're looking for jewellery, you can't go far wrong with some of these places. Now, as I've mentioned before, Dest Day Designs is a good friend of mine. They make key rings, bracelets, and gaming bags made out of chain mail, and they make things with, you know, like... Their whole technique and the way that they make things is based on the Norwegian tradition, like the proper Viking tradition. So if you want proper Viking material, like key rings and bracelets and stuff like that, you can't go far wrong by going to Deste Designs. In fact, you can't go wrong at all. They're just fantastic. There's also Jima Jewelry, J-I-M-A Jewelry. Um, they make jewellery using treasures from the sea. They they actually post some really lush photos of them going off into various different seasides and collecting stones and stuff to use in their in their work. And it's incredible. They've got a real appreciation for sea life and it's just it is beautiful. Of course, how can I talk about jewellery and not talk about Pixies props, right? I mean They've definitely been a huge help and a massive friend to the business. They are an incredible person. Um, They make handmade jewelry and stim toys using resin, ribbons, and much, much more. Um, You should definitely check them out. They have an Etsy store now, um, so you must go and see Pixie. In fact, you'll know Pixie. If you've seen me at a craft fair with someone else, chances are it was Pixie. So check them out on Etsy, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, I really feel that like you should check out Richardson and Richardson. Um, they're based over in Kent and they make geek jewellery made out of acrylic material. And last but not least, I feel like I need to big up um, a journal that I write for from time to time called The Cosplay Journal. The Cosplay Journal are an excellent cosplay magazine, if I say so myself, <laughs> and um They're all about inclusivity and diversity and it's not just a a buzzword to them That's actually their mission is to embrace the inclusive and the diverse of the cosplay community and look at all parts and celebrate. So why did I just do that? Why did I go off on one about all these businesses you'll probably cramp your hand trying to write all of them down? That's how I imagine you anyway. Well... Because I really mean it. Small businesses are a real staple to the economy. I do feel that, you know, if when we're supporting small businesses, they're the ones that are keeping the economy going at the moment because then they buy more materials uh, and equipment and all the rest of it. You know, we don't just hoard our clear, countless cold coins like Scrooge McDuck. Um, we you know we buy back into the economy and that's and when you do buy into a small business yes you are buying right back into the economy again and that's one of the things that's going to be key when things become a bit more not normal normal i don't think anything will ever go back to total normal but this new normal that we're experiencing so yes please for the love of everything that is good shop small business this has been your psa from coronation podcast And that's all for this week of Coronation Podcast. Next time, will there be a next time? Is there a next time? When is a next time? Why is a next time? What is a next time? All this and more on the next episode of... Okay, I'm sorry. But the next episode of Coronation Podcast, I really do hope to be able to speak to a fellow small business owner of mine and be able to discuss the current events and to discuss what they do and they make. If you happen to be a small business and are listening to this and you want to get in on this, then please email soap at outlook.com. That's soap at outlook.com. We'll see you next time.